So quick uh, disclaimer. It's not fucking quick. I'll get on that. I did go and wash myself with a house brick. I reckon you are on the pipe, mate. There is no... I may have actually sampled a pipe or two <laughs> in my time. Two meat and veg, mate. Two, two meat and veg. Fucking what sort of meat? In the short term, Clarky. Tell us about what the hot air is. So what Mick's referring to there is... Only capitalists have good-looking kids and they have a good life when the sun's out, mate. Everyone else is no good. So in the shed tonight, Mick and I are going to talk a little bit about housing affordability. Um, Quick disclaimer, I actually own an investment property, um, so I just want to put that out there to let everyone's mind at ease. I will get on that. I'll get on that big time. I used to have two investment properties and yes, I once I figured out that I was making other people's lives harder, I did go and wash myself with a house brick. The only reason I had any ability to even go down a dodgy track like in uh, home investment is because I was on such good terms and conditions in my trade as a sparky, thanks to the forebears of the union. That's as simple as that. If I was not on a union agreement, there is no way, shape or form I would have been able to facilitate any of that. When we talk about housing affordability, yes, people in Tasmania, it'll take them longer to save for a house and it is difficult and it is more difficult than it should be anywhere you live. But if you've been paying attention over the last two or three years to what's been going on in Melbourne and Sydney, that is about to blow up in everyone's faces and we've, we should be able to learn from history about why the supposed never-ending ride of rising real estate prices can continue indefinitely because it cannot. We'll get to the reasons why we don't want to go back to the GFC and how the GFC happened and what the risks are to us. But in the short term, Clarky, tell us about what the hot air is at a national level on, and a state level on housing affordability. What do they reckon they're going to do about it? They, they talk, they're talking strong on housing affordability. From the top down. But they're too afraid. They wouldn't have the courage, Labor or Liberal, to do what is actually required to help this situation. If they fucked off negative gearing, it would go a long way to helping. Like Labor have talked about getting rid of it. That's one part of it, yes. So negative gearing's one part. This whole fucking monetary system with compound interest is just fucking caning people like you're fucked. Yep. When you talk about the exponential growth of housing prices, all that really means is that home ownership keeps on slipping away. It keeps on moving out into the distance. So what they're proposing are all these sort of bullshit tinkering mechanisms of ways to get more people into a house. Obviously, they don't have the courage to raise wages enough to overcome the super house prices of Melbourne and Sydney. So what's the only logical alternative? I think it may be house prices may need to come down. You're fucking crazy. I'm you, crazy. Oh, you, and, co- and I, you fucking commie. What are it, you doing? It's it's weird. The, it's is a that weird a siren? paradox. There's a siren. Is that the cop? Someone already rang the cops. They must have. I'm, You're crazy. I'm getting fucking carted away. I'm one of Putin's fucking plants. I'm one of Putin's plants. I'm here to affect the next federal election with all my propaganda. But the funny thing, Mick, is I actually own investment property and... If that property were to fall in price, I must admit that I'm fucking prepared for that to happen if it means that moving into the future, 
my kids and my grandkids can actually afford to buy a house and not have to live like a fucking wage slave to be able to do so. Does it make you uncomfortable to know that in a very, very incremental, like millionth of a percent way that your investment property ownership actually makes your kid's job of getting into the market tougher? Unless you do them a solid and sell it to them for a buck or at a much reduced rate. That that exact it, house, sorry. It, it weighs on my mind as to what it's actually doing to the overall issue. But you're right, because that investment property, when it comes time to hock it off, I envisage giving some of that money to my kids to then be able to afford to buy a house of their own. So it's a bit of a selfish analogy. It's like, yeah, I'm doing it, but I'm doing it to help my kids, even though it's not going to help someone else's kids. And I suppose part of the... I always say, and I fucking suppose. And I fucking Fuck suppose, mate. I fucking suppose, eh? Hey? Stop, stop supposing, Mick. What do you suppose? What's the community impact more broadly on that? So we we often reference in a little sense where we're talking about each other's families and all that. If everyone takes that view to their own family, all that really does is build in to the status quo, which is, well, if every parent, if they ring fence a property for their kids or everyone that can, what we're doing is taking away properties out of circulation, which in this fucking stupid bullshit casino game of artificial supply and demand and scarcity... And scarcity is the thing that is fucking this planet up just quietly when we don't have to. That is making it harder for everyone else because it artificially inflates the price of what it should be. So not only does it artificially inflate the price of housing, the price to rent is just fucking skyrocketing as well. And that's where the path of worse intention really lies, is where people deliberately withhold housing stock so they can crank up rent. And look at look around Hobart, mate, there is zero vacancy rate. There's mobs of people at the showground camping out tough. The The issue is that we currently have a conservative government. Their votership and their base will never... is traditionally from a, the investment class. They would spew. They would be out flipping cars French style if they had a policy that lowered housing prices. But I'll be out there with them. That'd be good. That'd be good fun. Let's flip some cars. Set them, can we set them on fire? So in, if you line up the two things which is stagnant wages and a property market that has consistently moved ahead. There is no way of bridging that gap, Clarky. I'm sorry, because none, none of the elected representatives, yes, there is a grouse campaign on for by the ACTU to lift the minimum wage by 50 bucks a week, but that's not, it's not even fucking holding a candle to the fundamental issue of the median house price in most major cities that's going up by double digits. And... The funny thing is, though, Mick, raising the minimum wage by $50 a week has been met with such vitriol from associations from the Hotelers Association, Retail Association, all these places going, oh, no, we can't afford that. Oh, it's fucking, you're going to send us all broke. You you can't raise it by $50. But what's the the stat, though? $50 a week is going to do fuck all to to helping people afford. We think we're like the ACTU is trying to shoot for the stars with fifty dollars a week, but yet they're getting shot down. Yeah, over something that's like, well, fuck me. Where are we going to end up in like ten, twenty years time, where every fucking house is worth six, seven hundred thousand dollars, no matter where it is? No one is going to be able to afford to buy a fucking house. 
It's fucking ridiculous, people. Wake, I mean, people need to fucking wake up and actually have some vision and look forward rather than next week. What's going to happen in 10, 15, 20, 30 years' time when the minimum wage has been held back and yet you can't even fucking live on it? Do, do we want to end up like the US, Mick, where the, there's working poor people? Like you have a fucking full-time job or many part-time jobs, but you still live in poverty. How the fuck does that make sense, people? I, and don't want to sound too tinfoil hat about it, but my view on this, Clark, is it's fear and division. So who doesn't want things to change? Who has the ability to influence public opinion on why it shouldn't change? And what is being left out of the news cycle to allow people that can affect a good decision to sit it out and sit on the bench and let it go through to the keeper? So fear and fear and division on this issue. Like, and in Australia, I really think that if you look through history at things that got achieved as communities and society, we've lost that. We've lost that massively because... The housing affordability crisis that we're in, it's such a statement of fact that we've lost the ability to care about people outside our sphere of influence. So we're only asking the people who it affects in our immediate circle and then we take that answer and that's it. That's the end of the issue and then we just park it up for another 10 years or generationally it gets missed and people go, oh, fuck, it's too hard or it's no good or whatever. Negative gearing, that's one, but... The most immediate effect that could be made on the property market to make it fairer for more people to own a house, and I'll call out the politicians that would come up with wank words and say, oh, that's just communist and it's destroy destroy the economy. How many times have you heard that? Oversupply the market with fucking housing stock. Prices will fall. People on shit, stagnant wages that haven't moved enough to keep flight with this stuff will then be able to afford a house. There is no other fucking way of doing it, Clark. And no, it doesn't have to be overnight. Everyone's equity and assets are worth zilch and it puts everyone into net debt. That does not have to happen. And it'd be a nonsense to say that that would be the only solution. It would have to be incremental, but fucking off negative gearing and having a clever strategy about leveraging people's assets, about discouraging property investment, and property speculation more so than investment and definitely ending the practice of deliberately vacant housing for the sake of a tax dodge. So just just on that, Mick, just explain that a bit more. Vacant housing? Yeah, about how, how people buy a house, don't rent it out, leave it sitting vacant so it then costs them money to then own that property and then that cost then gets offset against the tax that they have actually paid to then enable them to get a higher tax return come tax time. So it ends up being just like any other investment strategy. And unfortunately, we have a policy in Australia, and I'll be open and honest, I used it because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, is it's called negative gearing. And what that means is if you have the investment of a house and the cost to furnish the loan and the cost to hold that asset costs you more than what you get back in income from it, i.e. rent. So if you hold that vacant, all that money that you lose in your mortgage and rates and the ancillaries and all the things that fall under the ATO's guidelines for you that are designated as a loss, you can effectively charge the taxpayer and have that taken off your taxable income at tax time. And therein lies the fucking political nuclear bomb, Mick. But it doesn't, it doesn't have to be. 
Yeah, for one for one side of politics, yes, of course it is because rich people should be able to make money. The taxpayer should be transferring their wealth to the wealthy. That's been the case since day dot for the libs. But but, we'll, but we we that whole that that whole scenario that you just mentioned would get politicised if fucking Labor came out and said, right, well they have come out and said fucking negative gearing's an issue. They've just been lampooned with fucking this massive bullshit fucking overreaching muck-raking fucking crap from the Liberals. <laughs> if, oh, the fucking economy is just going to die a horrible death. Look at these cunts trying to steal money off fucking law-abiding, tax-paying citizens. And it's like, hang on a fucking minute. Let's just pump the brakes for a second and actually have a fucking civil conversation and a clever, coherent conversation about this issue. Negative gearing is a fucking massive problem. Yeah, we, we, it goes to the core of equality in the conversation about... It was one of the first things we talked about before we decided to throw the headphones on and talk a bit of shit in the microphone, is why the fuck do we still have these policies that reward people that don't already need things that are in scarcity? Like, yes, money's not the be-all and end-all, but there are mobs of people that fucking need money to eat and to live right now... And shitloads of it is being siphoned off through shitty Stone Age policies to people that just don't fucking need it. It can be it can, the issue is right now. The libs love it because it it's their ethos. Is rich people should be able to create money out of nothing because it's a bit Darwinian and all that sort of stuff. The strong survive and they made the rules and whatever. They hijacked that. Yes, of course they did, and it's it's bullshit from top to bottom. Labor need to have a bit more stone about them. And as well as the cuts to the double dipping of the super anyway, self-funded super dividend, they need to go after negative gearing. But that doesn't have to be a cut. That can be a transition. So it doesn't have to have any net effect. All it is is regulation suggesting that Australians no longer believe that people should get money for deliberately making a loss on their investment. Because that, what that does is that pulls money out of that pie that is our economy. That's what's Fuck happened. off with your pie, mate. No such thing. Fucking don't you knock my pie. The, oh, don't where's... fucking knock my pie, can't. So what... Fuck your pie So off. the effect of that negative gearing is it pulls money out of that pie that is our economy. So we have the pie that gets divided up to be spent on the things that we think it needs to be spent on. The priorities that we have, roads, hospitals, schools, defence... Let's build heaps of shit in Queensland. Yeah, go Queensland. Well, that's, but, what the, that's what the Libs are saying. Yeah, well, that's what they're saying. But What well, they're doing. Why, why should we be pulling money out of our pie and handing it over to people that don't need it? If we left that money in the pie, if we enabled those loopholes not to exist, our pie would get bigger. Weird, I know. But then we're about to spend that money on important social services. And one of them that's close to my heart is fucking foster care. And many, many other extremely important social services. So just want to have a quick chat and tie this conversation a little bit to what has happened only fucking 10 years ago. Small little fucking blip in the, the grand design. The global financial crisis. And it wasn't a, an accident. It wasn't unseen there was a combination of things that led to it and my concern is that we're well on the way to going back to a situation similar to that. So in 2000 and early 2000s, 
a lack of regulation led to a whole heap of corruption. It wasn't seen as corruption until after the fact, obviously, because people that are making money just do what they do. In financial sectors, what they were doing was loading up people that knew, they knew could not pay loans off at a certain point. They were giving them easy access to credit, and that was either personal loans or, or home loans. So particularly in California, where the sort of the epicenter of all this was, what they did, instead of dealing with the cost to buy a house, what they did was just make it easier for people that couldn't afford it to get credit. And what that did was create not only an in, a falsified bubble of need to keep building houses and financing houses, so that created the value bubble. What it did was set a time bomb off because all these dodgy fucking home loan contracts had automatic reset clauses, which allowed them only, the poor people at the end, only to finance the loan for the first couple of years. So that's how they were sold it, with low interest rates for the first couple of years. Then they had reset clauses, which went to nominal rates, which were well out of their, like people on fixed incomes, like welfare and that, were sold home loans, flash the houses, and when those things reset, they all foreclosed. So what started happening was as soon as these the first ones, it was a bit of a domino effect, the people that couldn't pay, they were getting evicted and then the, the loans were going bad, there were fire sales and the, the, the value of houses started to drop. So the, the value dropped because there was an oversupply of houses that no one could afford to live in, is that right? And what it did was there was other, in another part of the, the financial market, which is we'll get into it another time, is there were companies, insurance companies making bets against other insurance companies and finance brokers about when these deals would go bad. So literally, no you, could, you could bet against the market. So people knew that these bundled up dodgy home loans, they were selling them to investment funds and retirement funds and all this, were dog shit. The regulator was complicit, so they were signing everything AAA rated, and then that's how they got to other countries. So they would package up a thousand Californian home loans, right? Yep. They're all great. So the, at the actual coalface, there were people that couldn't afford home loans. So there was a thousand home loans in there and 800 couldn't afford to finance that loan. The regulator signs off as AAA and then someone in Australia, like an Australian investment um, company, might buy those home loans and sell them to their investors and say, these are great. We're going to make money off this. It's all great. Look at the American housing market. So as soon as one went bad... It was a domino effect and they started calling in the loans and that was the GFC. 30 million people lost their jobs. Millions of people died from stress and suicide and um, all the other related effects of poverty. And basically, it was the big, biggest single transfer of wealth an austerity program in human history. The biggest transfer of wealth from the taxpayer to private business to fix their fuck up. Now, I've, that's, a, that's a pretty bleak picture. But have a look at what we're dealing with now. We're not having a conversation about bringing house prices down. We're talking about getting people more access to credit. We've got low interest rates now, so we've got cheap money. Getting people more access to credit so they can get into home loans. The government's talking about allowing young people to access their superannuation to pay for a deposit, which is so fucked. <laughs> There's a lot of things that aren't real good in the world. That's not... Look, it's not in the top 10, but it's a dumb fucking idea. Pull your head in, Libs. Shouldn't happen. So many reasons why. Don't go there. So when... I wonder how that'll work out in about 70 years' time. 
yeah, not good. And then we have to talk about the welfare burden and people living in poverty. And I reckon. I reckon what we should do though, but what how we could fix that though, Mick, is if we just push the retirement age out to eighty. I reckon we'll be right. As a construction worker, Clarky, how do you re- do? You reckon wheelchair ramps onto the site? That'd be the go. Wheel- wheelchair access is and. You know, they like mechanised wheelchairs, like the battery-operated jobbies you can drive around? Yep. I reckon if I could drive one of them around site when I'm 80 and just tell people what to do, I'd still be able to go to work. Yes. That's so so ass about. And clearly, and the the pub test will suggest here, you go and speak to many ordinary Australians that do, that have to work in 95% of occupations until the new cut-off, is it's not going to happen. People just won't have the physical ability to do it. There's an Ewok trying to break into the shed. What's going on in Australia now is we seem to be on this never-ending ride. So in America in the early 2000s and through to the GFC, it was seen as the never-ending ride. is just you get on, you pay your money, you invest in property. It's a dead cert. Like, it would go up forever. But nothing is forever because it's all infinite and it's part of a bit of an ecosystem. So the same thing, if we overlay that to Australia... There's a lot of similarities with a never-ending supposed... Like, how many people are talking negatively about property investment out in the wide world now? How many financial advisors are saying to you, don't invest in property? Don't even touch it with a fucking 10-foot pole. So um, none. It, there's quite a few seminars out there, Mick, that say, oh, do you want to fucking retire well and wealthy? You need four or five properties in your portfolio to be able to retire and live the same lifestyle that you are currently living at the moment. So if you're, say, on a well-paying job and you earn, say, $80,000 $80, a year, you need four investment properties properties to have a passive income well, that will then enable you to keep that same standard of living when you retire. That's a fucking actual spiel. So what happens then, Clark... When we've got stagnant wages and more and more insecure employment, like is that, are you sort of picking up the underlying little grenades that are hidden in the property market? Well, I think we might end up a bit like America where everyone lives in a fucking caravan park, Mick. Sweet. (laughs) That's uplifting. That's the Aussie dream, mate. Get a fucking, get a Jayco, fucking park her up in a caravan park. As long as... And that's... You can even just put up, a, like, a little fence around it and shit. It'd be fucking sick. As long as we can keep our guns, though. Like, it's not like, oh, fuck, what happened? Oh, the GFC, oh, how'd that happen? It was, it, it was inevitable. Cheap money, lack of regulation, shitloads of corruption. It was always going to happen. Why the fuck are you giving people loans that can't afford to pay it back? I mean, especially when you've got, like, that trigger of, oh, yeah, now you've like two years in and now we've reset the fucking interest rate so now you can't even afford to do like interest only payments like but in the meantime we're selling these massive bundles of loans because it was off, a fees off to corporations in other countries saying oh fucking how good are these these are fucking fantastic when they knew they were fucked and all the people along that supply chain were getting a fee so every mortgage that was signed up at the local level every mortgage that was bundled up Every time there was a transaction of one mortgage either getting loaded up or pushed to someone else, 
someone in the finance industry was getting a fee. That's why they people were making hundreds of millions of dollars because they were just punching these things out and they were just in the suburbs finding anyone that they could sell a loan to under the dodgiest terms imaginable. Yeah. Now, there's a Banking Royal Commission on at the moment and already that's uncovered broker practices where uh, falsified documents, people that had a letter of employment, an intent of offer of employment as proof of income. So they haven't actually worked. No, it was a letter of offer. So they might have gone on holiday or told yep. him to jam it or the boss was an arsehole. Yep. So there's there are people out there currently that have credit that shouldn't have credit. Now, I don't know how many mortgages going south triggers market-wide problems, but I'd suggest that if we ever go near anything like the GFC again, we are not the smartest people going around because we've been here before. Just fucking... It's greed by the financial sector, Mick, that seems to drive a lot of this shit, especially when they can find some sort of mechanism or loophole to sell, to sell credit to people, even if it is in the short term, to make that quick profit fix and then... When it all fucking crashes in like three, four years' time, they've they've made their money and they've fucked off, and it just seems just seems to be how these whole crises seem to come about. But it started in the early before the Great Depression. Yeah. There was a run on the banks in the early nineteen twenties in America, which was another um, constructed event. Yeah. By people at the top to figure out how sensitive the market was, and it's it's funny how like. Like you mentioned before about the transfer of wealth, every time one of these fucking crashes happens, it's it's the middle the middle that gets fucked, and then the top echelons they just accumulate more because they just come in and then they just fucking buy everything, get fuck all. Mm. So it's like the price has dropped out fucking completely out the ass of whatever it is, and they've just swooped in and fucking brought everything. Yeah, for fuck all. And the poor. And the people without work, they pay because social services are cut. And this is why this word austerity was so popular. And, you know, in the 2014 Australian budget, you had the Lib saying, oh, we need, you know, it's an austerity budget and we need these things because we can't afford to live beyond our means. Give me a fucking break. Look at, the, look at what has transpired. Corporate profits up th- between 30 and 40%, and they're the same people that are telling us that we can't, uh, load the minimum wage up because it'll hurt the economy. Yes. So the economy's working quite well for some people. They've got ordinary Australians backed into a corner, shitting themselves, eating out of the palm of their hand because they're terrified. The reason is employment law has been bastardised. That needs to be backstopped and fixed up. So these fucked employment practices that drive insecure employment, labour hire, um, dodgy fucking zero-hour contracts, all that shit cannot happen. Wage theft. Wage theft. All that stuff will see a correction in the distribution of wealth. And they fucking hate that idea. It's like old mate, the economic philosopher from back in the day that said poor people should just fuck off and die and we should just be able to get on with it and get rich. That old chestnut. That old chestnut. And that... That whole mind... Oh, here I'm clicking that pen that's coming through. That's fucking... That's what I did in the first episode. That whole mindset of, oh, well, poor people are just going to be poor and they're just going to have to struggle and that's just fucking how it is, is complete fucking bullshit. When, we, when technology and the resources that this planet has, there's enough to go around, peeps. 
but because of a complete lack of critical media and journalism, we're at a point where we only keep on digesting the scraps of news which are that there's some sort of battle on. Like there's a battle on at every workplace about the boss is struggling to make ends meet and he just wants to employ one more person but the workers are asking too much and there's like this pitched battle. We're talking about people that are on, you know, a minimum wage between 30 and other wage earners up to, say, 70 or 80 grand. There's this huge battle on in tens of thousands of dollars when we know that at the top end of town, because of investment and tax dodges and all that, there are billions, billions and billions of dollars going to people that already have billions and billions of dollars. So how, how the fuck are we stuck in this valley of fucking death? We're sitting in going, oh my God, how do we, there's only so many dollars left and we've all got to fight each other for these how, couple of bucks. How can we increase the minimum wage by $50 oh, a week? That's so tight, everything's crazy. so tight. Crazy talk. It is. It's, it's disappointing, man, when you, you look back at history and you look at how we got to where we've, we've gotten to now, how so many people out there are completely distracted from the relevant fucking issues that are going on. Like, the status quo's fucked people. Let's, it might be good for you and I sitting here in Australia, but tell that to someone in Africa that's living in a fucking mud hut that has to walk 20Ks every day just to get a fucking, a fucking glass of water to drink. Stop fucking pretending that shit's cool. It's not cool. It's fucked. Like, poverty kills more people every fucking year than the Holocaust did in the whole of World War Two. But yet we turn a blind eye to it. We wear our name brand fucking clothes and grab our iPhone and all that sort of bullshit. And we, for some reason, we just seem to be able to put that mental block in our mind that says, oh, well, I don't care that a child slave fucking produced this garment that I'm wearing. My child's quite fine in primary school, but someone else's child is fucking working in a factory producing these goods that we wear and we whinge about the fucking price that we have to pay for this shit. The fucking shit's broken, peeps. Like, fuck me. 50,000 kids die of starvation every day. That's, I mean, fucking hell. Just let that hang. 50,000 kids. 50,000 fucking humans. When we have enough to go around. So not only the two days of the war budget around the world of military action, needless military action, two days of it, fix world hunger. Billionaires in the 100 wealthiest billionaires and above around the world, their wealth increased so much last year they literally do nothing, so they produce nothing other than the fact that we have interest which grows their money. A hundred people's wealth grew by enough to end world hunger four times last year. And we're in Australia arguing about 50 fucking bucks a week on the minimum wage. There is, that is absolute fucking torturous amounts of stupidity, ignorance, brainwashing. Distraction. Distraction. Conversations, having a chat, questioning the fucking status quo, Mick. That wouldn't that wouldn't hurt. Could could we be doing things better for everyone on the fucking entire planet, not just my fucking suburb, my electorate, my nation? Yeah, that's that's the fucking thing. Like we accept this shit. We walk past it every day. Like, what have I got on here? I've got Adidas fucking shoes on. I reckon some 
probably extremely low paid or maybe even child fucking made these shoes. Sneenan. Tidy Sneen. <laughs> what the fuck are you on about? Sneaker and jean combo. Sneenan. Sneaker and jean. Is that what that is? Pretty tidy flan. These and a fucking very sexy T-shirt. Fuck, this shirt's good, isn't it? First Nation Workers Alliance. Get that on. The black one. It's awesome. Mine's in the fucking mail somewhere. If you haven't got a First Nation Workers Alliance T-shirt yet, go to In The Shed or better off, go to First Nation Workers Alliance Facebook page. There's links on both of our sites and their sites to buy a T-shirt to help the fight against that fucking terrible program CDP. And if you don't know what the fuck we're talking about... Look no further than our first podcast, which was on CDP. It is fucking a disgrace. It's basically slave labour in Australia as we sit. And it just ties into, Mick, what we're talking about, about this whole fucking bullshit about... We walk past this shit and we accept it. Like, people fucking die. 50,000 kids die every day because they don't have enough to eat. Yet, you and I would probably fucking throw out at least half the food we buy from the supermarket because we don't fuck we waste it and we throw it out yep but yet there's 50,000 people 50,000 children dying each day and yet we fucking want to quarrel about oh the fucking the the position of the left the position of the right some fuckhead sitting in the center fucking saying oh look at both these dickheads like the system's fucked you can't be in the center Oh, wherever you want to fucking be. Cowards are in the centre. Wherever you want to fucking sit when it becomes like conservative, fucking progressive, whatever the fuck, I don't (laughs) give a fuck. No one's asking the tough questions of why the fuck are we at this place where we are? Is the system we've got, that we've been led to believe, is the greatest fucking system in the world? Capitalism and democracy, that's fucking, oh, that's the fucking best thing ever. And then people come out, oh, you're a dirty fucking commie or a fucking socialist freak or whatever the fuck. It's so clear why the conversation about social good and a sense of community and looking after everyone, not just a few, and not falling for this bullshit argument about, oh, some people are just duds and some people don't want to be helped. All of that is a symptom of shitty social circumstance and systemic violence from the top down. That conversation, it does my fucking head in, mate. Like, we're talking about all these kids getting, like, they're crook. Thousands of people are dying a day through preventable disease and starvation. And you have literally a massive network of people talking about some fucking cooking show or the block or some other reality thing, like literally humans in Australia will sit there Hang on, and watch gonna... someone else do something and then critique it and get personally invested in it. I'll, I'll make you vomit in your own mouth. Married at first sight. I've heard a thing. I, I won't go near or do the thing, but I have heard the thing. I refuse. <laughs> it's fucking please, putrid. Please don't. The, fucking, the thing that's fucked, Mick, is that... Those TV shows that you just mentioned, they cost a significant amount of money to produce. The, the, adverti- the distraction and the advertising. And it's like, what are they actually doing? It's a fucking distraction, people. Like, look at the fucking actual things out there that matter for fuck's sake for once in your life. I mean... All it is is you being ratchet strapped to your couch to give advertisers an opportunity to try and sell you their shit. Absolutely. And we're so distracted... Oh, fucking... It, 
fucking drives me mental, Mick. Like, we've got, oh, the African gangs are cutting sick. Oh, fuck, we've got to import white farmers from Africa and all this fucking crap that goes on. Did you see through the week that they, um, there's a chance that those figures were overstated, the fact that there's some sort of genocide on against white farmers? Oh, not, even, not even surprised. In, <clears throat> not even surprised in the least. Not so much. And another probably more relevant thing is Myanmar. There's been a genocide on in Myanmar for years. Let's We've, go train their troops, son. But, Fucking, yeah. But what colour and creed are the, uh, the Rohingyas, mate, over there? Uh, they may be slightly brown of colour. And they might be Muslim, which means... Oh, fucking look out. Oh, Australia's not interested in you, sorry. You're not coming over here, Coggy. <laughs> Fuck me. Do you know how to use a farm or what? We'll have to do a, a meme of the Colour Swatch episode on uh, Family Guy where the, the dude gets pulled over and the cop has got the swatches and he's asking him whether he's a terrorist and he holds the swatch up to his skin colour to determine whether... Yeah, for real. It was in Family Guy. But it's so... It's, I fucking love Family it's Guy. It's so That's relevant. the best thing ever. It's so relevant. So you've got the Rohingya Muslims in Myanmar, which it's been pretty clearly determined to be genocide. And this fucking Australian government said, we're going to help train their defence forces. Yeah, that's that's pretty handy, isn't it? Um, what the fuck are we thinking? You've got Syria, which clearly is basically an oil proxy war. And then the flow on to that and probably the deeper issue is the fact that no one's talking about Yemen. Um, I'm unaware of Yemen. Please fill me in. Just Other than, um, other than the fucking US is bombing the fuck out of them, but I don't really know the details. They are getting the fuck kicked out of them on a biblical scale... Why? What have you heard? What sort of sensational news item has come out about Yemen? They're, they're probably all terrorists, Mick. But nothing. No, in the Australian media, fucking zero. Haven't heard a thing. But basically they've got the joint lockdown, so there's massive famine, shocking fucking issues. They've gone after their infrastructure, so it's a bit like Iraq where they went there for not dubious, completely fucked reasons to level the joint. Um, produced a pool of terrorists, took their oil, all that sort of stuff. Yemen. But far too brown for Australian tastes. But minority of... like, It's not bullshit. Like Violence against anyone is stupid and needless and belongs in the Stone Age where the books come from. It's so obvious that Australia's doing this on religious and fucking racial grounds with their proposed intervention for white South African farmers. Oh, it's fucking ridiculous. And let, let's call it for what it is, Clarky. Like, people have got this big fear. Like, since 9-11, it's all been about race and colour. Before that, not so much. They repeated the word terrorists about 7 million times immediately after 9-11. So now everyone's been shitting themselves, whether they know it or not, about Muslims and they think that they're all terrorists and all that sort of stuff. If they wanted us gone, mate, there's 2 billion of them. If they wanted us gone, they would have done it. Their book's been around a few thousand years. They would have done it. They would have done it by now. And if all of them were fundamentalists, and the same as the Bible, it says that you, you know, anyone that's a non-believer's got to go. We would have been gone. Eighteen years of well, when was it? Two. It was two thousand one. Two thousand one. Nine eleven. Seventeen, eighteen years of sensationalism, and we've forgot our entire history because we've been belted in the nightly news. It's funny how otherwise intelligent people that you know. Read, do, a, read, do a, things. read a fucking headline 
and automatically form an opinion with zero research done. A bit pertinent for me. There's someone that is close to me that has an absolutely godlike love for Donald Trump. Purely because of what they read on the news or what they say on the news, and he's fucking Trump. Oh, love him more, and everyone hates him, but he does what he wants. He gets stuff done. <laughs> fuck you, yeah, sets away what the fuck he wants. It's it's difficult to, it's difficult even to engage because I've got Twitter. Hey, you're sacked. And one of the biggest indictments on the media and pop culture has to be the fact that Donald Trump has been tolerated, and they engage with. Donald Trump and America on a level and go, all right, well, it's uncomfortable. He was elected president and now let's just treat him like he's every other president and he's fine and everything's fine. So he's given all this default credit for things when the, he's a complete fucking idiot. Oh, he's a Like he's one of the worst fuck. humans that is something put breath into. Your chosen deity put breath into. He's no good. Like the, where do you start? Where do you really start? He's just a fucking obnoxious kind of a thing, isn't he? He's a very, very fucking terrible organism. But that's where America's at. That is what they celebrate. This real Darwinian, strong survive. They thrive on that fucking bullshit, fake leadership type deal. It's funny how it's like Trump's just a fucking product of their system. He's a metaphor for what is going wrong in America. That's that's like it's not it's not surprising someone like Trump is the president. Anyone that's surprised about that needs to fucking have their head read. It's like that's exactly what that system is designed to produce. From P- exactly, and it's a bit of a turbocharged version of what goes on in Australia where you have downtrodden people that are being fucked and stooged by the system voting completely against their interests for someone who's going to make that worse fed a complete series of lies but because people have been indoctrinated not to have critical thought not to do your own independent research not to study history outside of simpson his donkey or probably the american civil war and then trump happens you're 100 percent right clarky where are we fucking headed, Mick? No, we're good, but it's we're not at the dead cat bounce yet. <clears throat> we're it's, not. Things we're not. things have to get worse before they get better because oh, currently it's... too many people are still in their comfort zone. Very clever design of or unintended consequence of the economy is that a whole heap of people, because their decline in living standards has been so incremental and they haven't fallen outside the threshold where they can comfortably own a house or own a house and modify their lifestyle to cope with stagnant wages and things like that not enough people are suffering yet to get angry and while you have this structural violence of rich people manipulating everyone below them to blame someone below them on the ladder the system will remain intact because it'll get worse there'll be cuts to social services more and more and there'll be more arguing amongst the lower classes they're making cuts to social services so then they can pass that money up the fucking ladder. We need to take money off the poor so we can then give it to the rich because that's going to create jobs and growth, which is going to therefore fucking be beneficial to our economy. It's a fucking complete con. Well, that's where the wealthy have achieved huge productivity out of the working classes and people that fall out of that because people have been fearful of losing what they have. 
It's funny because you've, you've become comfortable within your own lifestyle and you don't want that to be interrupted. And, that, and that's what they play on. It's like getting people to fight to preserve a fuck system. Yeah, yep. exactly. Like the system's fucked. People don't even recognise what's fucking wrong. They don't even ask the right questions. Like they fuck some of the arguments that I get onto get into on Facebook. It's like you're not even fucking asking the right question. You don't no, even realise what the fucking issue is. You the, you look at the outcome and then you you concentrate wholly on the outcome. Oh fucking this is fucked. What's going on here? But you don't actually take a step back and go, well, what's actually caused that situation to exist in the fucking first place? Because those those things are left untouched and the argument only resides in a sphere that is comfortable for people at the top. Yeah, absolutely. So that's when you get people attacking each other. Yeah. That it should be if they go, hang on here. We're arguing about, as we said before, people on the minimum wage in the award and, oh, you've got to leave business owners alone. What we've left alone is that entire conversation about how much is enough. How much is enough for people to have before they it's accepted that they're fucking they're doing all right? They don't need to accumulate money for money's sake or because interest allows their money to grow organically. That's the fucking key point though, Mick. Like, when is enough enough? Like this idea of billionaires and all this sort of bullshit. Who the f well, it needs it needs to be fucking brought back to reality. Like this whole bullshit of, oh, if you work hard and you're fucking innovative and you're fucking a legend and whatever, you should be able to accumulate as much wealth as possible. I'm like, I'm sorry, but that's not... That doesn't fucking work anymore. It's fucked. It's what's fucking the planet. Wake up to yourselves. I that not whole idea of, oh, fucking old mate is allowed to accumulate $100 billion worth of wealth, that is what is fucking up our whole planet. I know you might think I'm a mad fucking communist or fucking socialist or whatever, but when I say wealth should be fucking capped at some certain level just so that the rest of the fucking world can then benefit from it rather than having it all hoarded to fucking four people that own more wealth than the bottom fucking 50% of the entire population, it's, it's fucking like monarchy via capitalism now. Like, before you used to be born and you're the fucking king and all that sort of bullshit and fucking, oh, I'm ruling over you because I'm the fucking king. Kleptocracy, bro. Well, Rule by thieves. Oh, well, whatever the fuck that means. We've transcended that now where we have, like, capitalist monarchs. So the fucking ultra-wealthy rich rule the fucking entire planet. But people want to ignore that shit and pretend it doesn't exist. There's no reason that someone should be a fucking multi-billionaire. It does not fucking make sense when you have 50,000 children dying each day from starvation when we know we have enough resources to feed everyone on the planet fucking ten times over. That's a bit of a mad rant. <laughs> there is smoke coming off you at the moment, mate. That is fucking shit hot. Here's a bit of... Some of the awkward contradictions of crony capitalism so we sort of digressed at the point where the neoliberal agenda with crony capitalism is basically to transfer wealth from the taxpayer under the illusion of good economic management transfer taxpayers funded so everyone's wealth the wealth of the whole fucking society however whatever size it's governed under to a few so from the many to a few now 
This is a little bit fucking interesting, not what we're talking about, and I want to nail down, before we finish, we're going to nail down a number of how much do you fucking need, and I reckon the number will be surprisingly fucking low. But, you know this bullshit thing about, oh, leave them alone, and then they're going to, they'll be able to reinvest. Like Malcolm, <laughs> you know, Turnbull gets, I think he's got blood flowing to his old mate, because he gets this <laughs> stupid fucking lisp going when he talks about investment. And he, like he starts to fa- like he's eating Fucker. a dry fucking wheat bick, like he gets his stupid fucking voice on because he's talking about his Bible. Invest. You allow them to reinvest. That's so, what's going to create jobs and growth. Of course it is. But if you had the the issue is that investment is entirely unspecified. If you had cap on individual wealth. And yes, we are fucking raging communists. Even if we do say someone shouldn't have more than $10 million, I'll put it out there, Clarky. That's my first bid. Oh, surely you can get along with $10 million. If you, if you, <laughs> if you can't fucking get along with $10 million, you're a fuckhead. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> Fuck me. Who needs more than $10 million? So, here's this investment thing. If you had capped, if you had capped fucking personal income, what would that force? It would force the fucking money to be put back into something else. And this is the real thing. It's wholly fucking unspecified. But people, our shared wealth, everything that we have, whether it's the minerals in the ground, the shit we sell, whatever we produce with our labour, that's produced by people. The money should be going back to people. It shouldn't be going to a fucking machine or some fucking computer program. We should be investing in people. Doesn't matter. And we're not, this isn't some sort of nationalist. Australian fucking Australia sick everywhere, the whole but in every planet. every country, it doesn't matter what the state of the economy, the so-called economy is, or fucking whether it's left or right or socialist or capitalist. They all have the same problem: is it's the rule by the rich for the rich, and all the money is funneled upwards, and then there's no conversation above a normal threshold of what people can deal with. Which I'll throw it out there: to me, a couple of grand's a fucking lot of money. It's it's funny, Mick. This whole redistribution of the wealth it sort of you know gets gets back to what um, Bill Shorten said about his his tax fucking reform, with this whole thing about oh you know if you're getting paid dividends and you don't have any taxable income, you probably shouldn't get a tax a tax return. And I had we were having this bit of a conversation at Smoko, and one of the blokes was like oh fucking dull bludgers, that's the fucking problem, fucking. Da-da. And I'm like, dude. We're talking about fucking billions of dollars yeah. getting given to people that already have a $100,000 plus income. I don't think dull bludgers fucking have anything to do with this conversation. And that's that, but that goes to show how well the social engineering has played its part in this whole thing that's totally fucked, whether it be dull bludgers, race, nationalism, class warfare. That whole fucking rhetoric. It's, it's all. It's all it's enemies. All, it's, all, it's all enemies. It's all been so. I mean, you got to take your fucking hat off to them. It's all been so well constructed and orchestrated that we're completely distracted from the fact that if we fucking actually just share some shit amongst everyone, everyone that's alive today could actually have a decent standard of living. But yet we tolerate 50,000 children dying every day from starvation on a planet that has more than enough resources and technology at its current period to fucking provide for these people. 
Like, you, you've got to, you've got to fucking in your own mind. What's your intent? Do you think that poor people should just fuck off and die because you're a poor cunt? Just fuck off, die. I don't give a fuck. As long as I've got me Nikes and me iPhone and fucking whatever, and I can go to McDonald's on the weekend, I don't give a fuck. Is that your attitude? Fucking ask yourself, is that your fucking attitude? And if it is, you're a shit cunt and get fucked. It's a sickness. So much sickness, Clark. But that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Like, fuck off and die because I want to fucking do what I'm doing now. Yep. Even though there's enough to share with every past. No, that's, this is good. This is good. I don't know what we call the episode, but... Yeah, no. When are we going to recognise that fucking... Ridiculous amounts of wealth for an individual is a fucking just ridiculous notion. It's cancerous. However, and I don't know when this happened. I'm part of the time I spend as a hobby is researching how, where things went wrong in my view is at what point did we completely ignore, completely ignore below a normal bloke type level what is excessive for one person to need, have, and just have lying around? Because currently the debate is limitless. And Clark is dead right. We're having a conversation that largely centres around extremely low income earners in real terms Yet interest has people's wealth growing at the top end of town to end fucking world hunger. So there's a big gap there. You didn't come back to me on that 10 mil either, Clarky. <laughs> what was the question? Whether what, I think 10, cap, whether I think 10 mil's like enough. I think it's still fucking shitloads too much. Oh, it's, it's fucking obscene, man. Like, how much do we fucking need? Like, really? Really? Do we really need to have a fucking private jet? Do we really need to have fucking 10 cars? Do we really need to have fucking six or seven houses? So just just he, because we can? I mean, it's fucking just bullshit. So at 10 mil, even if you threw that in the worst term deposit, which normal people can get for if they've managed to squirrel away a few grand, even if you whack that in a term deposit at a couple of percent, if you get 2% back on your money, that is $200,000 a year you get from having $10 million. I mean, fuck me. Do you... What, what is that? Oh. Okay, no, no, no. Right. And you don't even have to do fuck all. It's like it's just there working for you. Yeah. What a fucked up system where that's even a thing. $3,800 a week. Just fucking pull your head in, can't. What, what happens? What happens with that? How does that... How can you do anything with that? Like, your whole time you just have your wallet out going fucking throwing 50s at things. Like, that's so much. That's fucked. So much. I don't know. That's in, that's in interest. I mean, it's, there's going to come a time in the future, Mick, where whether it be 100 years from now, 200, 300 years from now, where we've totally fucked the planet because of this current system that's employed to run, run the show. And people are just going to go, what the fuck were you cunts thinking? So much excess in wealth to so few for no result. Oh, like, what, what's, what's produced from it's it? It's not a negative result. It's a massive negative. It's not a, a no result. It's fucking... Yeah, but the you, planet is being destroyed. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll take that back. We have no benefit to fucking anyone. No. 
Like, where's the benefit from that? The great, I think that one of the greatest myths accepted by everyone else, and I'll call us the 99%, is that there is no alternative. Is that if it wasn't this system, if it wasn't raging capitalism, then we'd all be, you know, banging rocks together under communism. That's such a fucking nonsense. Like, that might have been true pre-industrial revolution or with the advent of so much technology that can do stuff. But now, these days, it is literally fucking insane that we're still having this same conversation about the financial system. Because money, to be honest, money has basically run its race. There's Outside of scarcity to give things artificial value and keep rich people where they are, we have the means to produce so much for so little that the idea of having inflated value and scarcity is just so fucking ridiculous now. It's not funny. There's, there's no denying that capitalism played a part in getting us to where we are now, but there has to be some recognition to say it's now a fucking redundant fucking system. The benefit from it is fucked. There's, there's no benefit. When you look at how the world itself on a global scale is run, especially when you look at war, you look at how wealth is hoarded, how wealth is distributed... It's, it's done its fucking... It's run its course. We, we need to fucking reset and do it quickly before we're all fucked and decide, as an actual complete human race, where are we heading in the future? And that's the funny thing, Mick, because now that we've got, like, such a long period of history to be able to look back and analyse and, and see what's actually going on, people are still fucking ignorant to this shit or... They even, they even see the evidence in front of them and still deny that it even exists. It's fucking crazy. It's not like we're out here spruiking some fucking conspiracy theory. This shit's been going on for fucking hundreds of years and you can actually look back through history and see how this shit's played out. Like, it's not fucking like, oh, what, rich people were fucking manipulating the system? Oh, fuck, that's a new thing. No, dickhead. It's fucking been happening for hundreds of years. It's seen of some sort of aberration because every other day they're acting in everyone's interest going, oh, geez, I hope I can look after a heap of poor people today. You know, that's all I get out of bed to do. Yeah, look, I do make a bit. Look, I do make a bit. But fuck, I do a lot for poor people. I hope I don't do anything corrupt today. Fuck. If you give me fucking billions of dollars, I reckon I could create a couple of jobs for you poor cunts and you could enjoy some of the scraps. The logic everybody of, people, everybody bleed. <laughs> the logic of that is it's so bad, but it's whether people are too scared or they just want to live in a little bubble and accept it or feel that their reality currently is okay enough just to shut the fuck up and keep moving on, I don't know. But it's not fucking cool because it's getting worse, which means we're going to hand over the baton to this joint in a worse state. And we aren't cool with that, are we, Clark? The funny thing is, Mick, that social engineering and manipulation of opinion has been going on for fucking thousands of years, but people get wrapped up in their own ego and say, oh, no, I've got my own opinions based on the fucking research that I've done. And you look at their research and it turns out they fucking read a headline. They read an article from a particular publication which may be leaning left or right. And then take it as gospel and go, well, fuck yeah, that's fucked. That's because I, I've done my research. When they don't actually look at the fucking entire picture, it drives me fucking insane. 
So we started off with uh, housing affordability and we've gone on to mad global fucking just full fucked. Every cunt's fucked. It's still there though, It's still there. It's it's funny because it it ties in. It's just there. It's scale different. Yeah. Problem same. It fucking ties in, Mick. It's because the fucking housing market's been manipulated by rich cunts. Which makes it shit for poor cunts. <laughs> In a nutshell. So our ethos about why we think it's gone wrong is that rich cunts make stuff shit for poor cunts. I'm going to go slightly rogue. You're going full heater. Look at you over there with the heater. And take a step back towards the heater. It's good. I reckon you're called good reach. I don't give a fuck. I'm going hardcore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not as bad as that first session where it dropped off about 10 degrees and we kicked all the penguins out of the way to oh, do the recording. Fuck, that was cold. Not once. With the heater cranking, we'll be right. Yeah. We'll tough it out for the listeners. We certainly will. So. It's great. Obviously, we've touched on negative gearing. There needs to be some sort of reform when it comes to negative gearing, Mick, obviously, to get this housing affordability crisis under control. So simple, though. Just grandfather it. Just explain that so people will understand what you mean. So grandfathering of anything or negative gearing is just pausing it at a point in time and then from here on in not allowing access to that thing. So what that would mean is that as a discouragement to dodgy property investment or leveraging property investment, which is the taxpayer paying you to make a deliberate loss on or accidental loss on a house what it would say is that you can't do that anymore for any future property purchases and the great thing about that is that even if it wipes out the part of the market that deliberately makes a loss on property what it also will force to happen is people who may inadvertently make a loss or be too tightly leveraged to really do it or these sorts of things might pull back and what that does is allow the i thought you're going to jump in what? Nah. Oh. Nah. Lost it? Lost it, mate. And then what that does is leave a bigger supply of housing for everyone else to have a pick at. So you don't ha- actually have to go out and release more land, build more houses as the only solution. I mean, that's the only solution we hear at the moment is, oh, fuck, we've got to build more houses quickly. Fucking release more land, build more houses that just feeds the beast. It just feeds the machine. That's what happened very near to the GFC that kicked it off in America, was that people just went, oh, we'll just keep building. We'll just keep borrowing. We'll just keep giving people credit. It can't happen. It can't grow forever. Not if people's ability to service the loans that they're locked into, even if the loans are great, insecure employment, stagnant wages, interest has an effect. So people are going to fall out of the system. There needs to be a combination of things. Grandfather and then fuck off negative gearing and also have more of a concern about oversupply in the housing market rather than the reactive thing which it currently is. And that will create more jobs. What? What What are you saying? What are you saying? You can't do that. No, I'm just just confused how people just don't get this shit, Mick. It's not rocket science, the the solution, but it is tough because politically it's a... It's a tough policy to sell to say, oh, by the way, we're going to stop negative gearing. The fucking outroar would be horrendous. It'd be politicised. Outroar. It'd be politicised to the fucking high heaven. You can just imagine what the other side of politics would say. 
Oh, fucking, he's trying to rob you of your investments. The conservatives. He doesn't want you to be able to fucking pass on an inheritance to your children. I mean... They already are, though. And the, can, Yeah, but you can just imagine yeah. the fucking rhetoric that would oh. come. And the, the big issue there is that it looks like that already... Even though it's a bullshit argument, is that obviously the system is designed to help people at the lower end, is it's a pretty obvious porky pie that it's going to hurt low-income earners in that sense and ma- the mums and dads and all that sort of bullshit but it obviously cuts through clarky because they're the ones fucking in government and the other mobs not that are proposing to rein in this shit it's got to be reined in what the fuck are our kids going to do how are our kids going to afford a house look in an insecure job if you get a good labor hire job you do the right thing. You're on the minimum wage. Look, if you you could be self-made. Malcolm Turnbull's a self-made man, Clarky. He only got a loan of ten million dollars adjusted. You know, some people just need that little leg up. You know, you could be self-made. Just have a bit of a go. Rip a few hundred people off. You'll be right. Just give me ten million. I'll be sorted, mate. We, as we discussed before, we can put it in the bank. I'm gonna make fucking three thousand eight hundred bucks a week. I'll be sitting pretty. That's all I need. Just give me the ten million. It'll just sit there, and I'll be fucking sweet. But that's not even. So that three thousand eight hundred that I described yep. is just the interest. Yeah, You're I not, know. That's not even like spending your savings. Yeah, I know. And that is not. That's not dependent on you going to work. That's no. just something that you have. That's like shut, being, that's, shut your mouth. That's like shut being, up. I want to be a trust fund baby. Fuck Mick. up. I want to be a trust fund baby. I feel fucking sick. I want to be a fucking trust fund baby. Here's well, thanks for pointing that out, Clarky. Because the other thing is housing uh, mortgages and housing entitlements that are bundled into a trust and are untaxed. That can get fucked too. Yeah, that can fuck right off. Productivity. <gasps> <There's>, <laughs> How are we going to wrap this? <laughs> Oh, all right. How about we wrap up housing affordability? How are we going to wrap up housing affordability, Mick? I've got to fuck off by 10. Yeah, no, it's fine. How are we going to wrap that shit up? Um, I, suppose, I suppose the question needs to be asked, Mick, is do... Well, we, we do, have an option. We have this. Do you think that if you grow up in Australia and you have a full-time job, that you then should be able to buy a house? Well, we need to examine... This is another thing that's been sold. It's about the Australian dream and the American dream and all these other sorts of wank. Those sort of things were clearly sold to people in hindsight to market them, to sell them things. So the American dream was to own a, own your own home. Is in this day and age that we live in, with post-scarcity, with the ability to produce so much shit, what's the, what's the goal of home ownership? It's all about money out of, producing money out of thin air and then having someone else pay a multiple of that for something that you never owned in the first place. It's fucking... It just it makes, it makes, you, makes your mind boggle, doesn't it? It's like if you explained this at some other era in human civilization, they would... It's fucking sci-fi. Like, people would go, why, why would you... What do you gain out of that? What do you gain out of that? Oh, it's fucking. It's hard to. It's hard to wrap your head around, especially when you, you've grown up with this whole thing your whole life, and this is what you've been sold, and this is what you've been told, and this is what your parents have been told, and this is what you've been accustomed to. That oh yeah, this is how it is, but it, it is a complete con. And you got to you got to fight, and that it's uneven, and you've got to work hard, and then you can you know 
the best thing you can intake in life, like the biggest goal you can make and the most important decision you make is to buy a fucking house. Mm. Why? Is it, exactly. Have a look at the size of Australia. It's not like we're running out of room. Why is there so much? Why is there competition for everything? Does it have to fucking knock some other poor cunt out for a feed? Well, it's just fucking nonsense. But apart from the potential misguided illusion of the morbid need for home ownership, is we can accommodate everyone in this country. People can be housed in good style. That can be done inexpensively. There's plenty of resources and money to do that. It's just the will to actually do it. And the issue is that individually we've been so separated from the needs of everyone as part of a community that we happily allow people in the game of musical chairs which is the interest-based money system to fall outside that and accept that certain people are going to fall through the cracks simply to allow us to live a more comfortable life but that's post-scarcity that is coming to an end and it's probably posing a question for the next episode but it's the idea that we can't look back to history for lessons about how people treated each other better because it's, the, it's that point in time. So if we go back to when humans evolved into a point where they were egalitarian societies and people were in communities, then everyone assumes that, oh, well, if you want that, just fuck off back there and, like, fucking fight shit with sticks and, like, bash animals and shit like that. And you go, no, you fucking prat. It's about... It's a mindset, you fucking. Of course. And it's about now. We go, we can make electricity for fuck all. Yeah. We can make good food for fuck all. We can produce food for fuck all. There's plenty of people around that don't mind contributing their time for things. We don't all have to go and fucking bash it in the wild with a stick. Like, for humans to be at a point where we're like, now we're all equal again. You want that? You want to go and fucking hit a badger with a rock? We don't have to be in any ism. It doesn't have to be capital or fucking communist or so. It doesn't have to be any of that. Look how much shit we have. It's just not divvied up real fucking well. That's the whole point, Mick. It's just not divvied up, cunt. That's pretty much what we want to do on this podcast is peel back the onion and say, no, the status quo is, uh, it's not as good as what you think it is. That that was our home turf. That conversation is home turf. It might, you might be going okay, but how are the bottom five billion people on the planet going is their living standard anywhere near comparable to what yours is that's the fucking real question of where we're heading with this podcast housing housing affordability when we talk about the living standards of billions of people that currently don't have access to basic amenities is it's not that far removed from the conversation about housing affordability it's just a scaling issue is because our society is deeply unfair now it's getting worse but we're prepared to walk past and allow ourselves to just go, fuck it, that's fine. My life is comparatively not that bad. I'm just going to eat a, take a bite of the shit sandwich and not do anything about it. But we're all in decline. Everything is in decline. Every living standard, environmental system, the money system's basically fucked out. Things have to change. So it's a very circular conversation, but it's one worth having. This has been a good one. It's been a good one. And until next time, peeps, keep questioning the status quo. Give us plenty of shit. Get on Facey. Give it a share. Get angry. Talk to someone else.